This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. this week's Attacking Scrum podcast coming up on this episode. We'll be looking back at the first weekend of the European action from both the Champions Cup and the Challenge Cup. A lot of news coming out of the uh, the AGM from uh, from the Welsh Rugby Union, so we'll be dissecting some of that. And generally speaking, Dan, I've got a bit of a rant to get off my chest about European rugby and the way it's run, and in particular in relation to the media side of things as well. Now, I don't know if this is just being fueled by the fact that I've really struggled to keep up with the rugby this weekend because I've cancelled my Sky subscription. Uh, I still have got someone else's login to look on Sky Go and stuff, but at the same time, uh, it's been a lot more difficult. But yeah, there's been a load of things that just really got on my nerves this weekend. I can see that. I've distanced myself from you, myself on the other side of the table because uh, the fists are going to be flying. Not in my direction, I don't think. But uh, for a change, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you, uh, you, you're like a cold spring there, pent up. I am a bit. Like, honestly, I just think some of the coverage this week has been nothing short of shambolic. Starting with the the Challenge Cup, I just think no one's taking this seriously anymore, or from a broadcast perspective. So. Sky and BT have the right split and they've paid all of this all of this money to make it happen. Yet there's no TV cameras at Cardiff Blues game on Friday night and there's no TV cameras at uh, Newcastle versus the Dragons on Saturday afternoon as well. Now, if you paid all the money for the rights, why wouldn't you not just send send a team to go and uh, to go and cover the game? Like I'm not being funny, but BT are not short of a bobble a bob or two they've got all the money in the world and if they're not even sending people to go and cover the game and to you know because you can stick it on the red button or even stick it on one of the other BT channels you know have you ever watched BT Sport on a Friday night when there's not a Premier League football game on there's, you know there's, there's nothing there's nothing on there they could have stuck it on one of the other channels or put it on the red button and that would have just been a lot easier you know I just I just wonder what the hell is going through the heads when it comes to that you need to make contact with them I think 
Well, maybe I do, but I don't know. That, that wound me up to start with because it just says, you know, like if you're not treating the competition in that way, then is it any great surprise that, you know, that perhaps the French teams don't take it so seriously? They clearly don't care about these early games at all. The, the no, they don't, managed. right? And that's because the um, the top 14 is, is what matters to them. That's where the money is. That's where the prestige is. That is what absolutely dominates. And... That's you know that's that's their prerogative. That's the way they're going to do it. But all I'm thinking is, if you're European rugby and you are having, you've got this second tier competition and you want it to actually, you know, presumably they want it to succeed. It just it, at the moment it feels like they're setting it up to fail. There's no qualification for the for the top tier from it anymore, which I I just don't quite understand. You know, if you, if you want people to take it seriously and play competitive rugby, then why not have that at the end of it? I think we covered that last season, right? But I've not changed my stance on it. And then if you've got broadcasters saying, "Well, we're not even going to, we're not even going to um, cover those cover those games," there's no highlights on it up on the website for either of those things. So it feels a bit weird launching into a rant about the Challenge Cup on the first weekend of the Heineken Cup. But that was kind of the the starting point for me. I just thought, what you know, what's the point behind that? And if you are paying subscription money to uh, to Sky and BT. BT have got the coverage soulless as of as of next year. But if you're paying that kind of money and you're not even getting those games, I, I just think it goes to it kind of goes to show where their heads are. And you know, just because it's just because it's kind of blues, it's not getting you know it doesn't get any kind of um, it doesn't get any kind of coverage whatsoever. I, I just don't understand that. What's the incentive for me next season to go and do that as a as a Dragons fan? If you're not even gonna if you're not even gonna show the games, why would I pay an extra? 12 quid on top of a Sky subscription or pay um, or pay you know just pay for BT outright if you're not even going to cover the cover the games you know it just feels like there's there's less and less consistency when it comes to that so that really riled me up um, but then going into the into the Champions Cup as well it just it feels to me like the the governing body are so far behind the times with this you know they've they've revamped the format of what was the Heineken Cup. You've now got a different governing body running it and they're still treating it like it's 2006. Now, what I mean by that is it, back then it was easy. You had you had everything on TV, right? That's That was the dominant medium and the internet, as we used to call it, was that kind of bit of an afterthought. Oh yeah, we'll stick up some highlights on there. And that's pretty much all they're doing now. So you've got you know, you try. I'm trying to go and find uh, to go and find some some video footage of the of the games on there. They've got highlights up from the games yesterday and last year. And last year, yeah, right. So they've got um, they've That's got what it's like, though, isn't it? but they've got stuff up on there. And I was like, hang on, you. This is 2017 now. You can't just sit there and have that um, and have that kind of sat there and oh yeah, well you know we'll have that on there as a bit of a as a bit of an added extra. Is it deliberate then that they uh, they're not putting up current? Yeah, they're not keeping up with it at all. I don't know it's... if there's something that says right, the mobile rights have to go out at a certain time or or something like that. You know, it's got to be after the TV coverage. But frankly, I don't care. You either know, way you think either way, it's it's 2017 now, and the the world has changed an awful lot in the last even five years. Right, you know, ten years ago, 2007, you didn't have the the dominance of of social media. That's where attention is now. It does seem bizarre, doesn't it, when we're trying to pick up. More of an audience that you know, though you know, social media, all the different sort of spaces are being are being utilised really to the max or utilised at all. Well, this is the bit that really concerns me: is you know, are 
is the European rugby governing body, whatever they're called now, ERPC, EPRC, something like that. But are they actually bothered about growing the European club game or are they just interested in taking the big TV money that, that comes with it? Because, you know, realistically, who are their customers? Because generally, they're, you know, they're, they're people like, like you and me. We're buying the subscriptions to, uh, to Sky or BT. You know, grown men who are working and have got, you know, have got money coming in to be able to, to go and do that. I've actually cancelled my Sky Sports subscription now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to save money, right? So again, this may be where some of this pent up frustration is coming from. But you know, that's where the bulk of the customer base is. Is you know, is kind of um, is grown men who are, who've got Sky subscriptions. Now the thing is, we grew up with rugby on TV. You know, back if you go back. Um, if you go back even kind of 15 years, Heineken Cup, there were still games on the BBC. So I remember watching some classic games on there. And that's what kind of gets you into, that's what gets you into the, into the competition itself. The next generation below us, if everything's behind the paywall. They won't be seeing it. You're not exposing them to however great the rugby is. You're not exposing them to that via, um, via the TV medium anymore. On top of this, Again, attention for you know for people ten years younger than us, certainly fifteen years younger than us, people you want to be getting into the game. Their attention generally isn't on TV anyway. It's much more directed towards their mobile phones. So if you're not taking advantage of the really exciting things that are happening in a weekend of Heineken Cup rugby, then well, not that it's Heineken Cup anymore. But if you're not if you're not taking advantage of that, getting it out via social channels, putting it in front of people, using that as a shop window to go, God, this rugby thing looks like a uh, it looks like a great sport. I want to be a part of this. Wow, did you see that? You know, I want to be the next Liam Williams. I want to be the next George North. Whatever it is, if you're not getting it in front of people, then you're not growing the game at all. And that's the thing that's I find really, really frustrating about it is they wanted this great change. And yes, it's benefited the English and the uh, and the French clubs more. Good for them. It probably is more of a meritocracy now than it was before. But you are the guardians, as well as generating the money, you are the guardians of the game in Europe. And if you're not actually forward-thinking enough um, to go out there and, and put this kind of coverage in front of people, then I don't think you're doing your job right. And it's, that's not just like a, that's not just a, oh, let's do it for the good of the game type thing. If you're putting the product in the shop window, then you're going to sell more subscriptions off the, off the back of it anyway. Because again, people like you and me go, oh wow, that was a great try. I can't, I can't miss out on on next week's game. God, it's you know Scarlet versus, but I can't miss out on that one. That's I'm going to need to phone it up, get it in front of people. That seems like a massive missed opportunity, doesn't it? Short, short clips of, yeah, hits that people want to see, tries certain certain skills, just anything, just to hook, just to hook people in and think oh, I can't, yeah, I can't miss out on that. And I'm going to have to subscribe. So there's a few different points, isn't there? Missing out on. They're missing out on a lot. Yeah. Um, as well as as well as they should be doing the right thing then. So to, to be fair, while I remember BT are a lot better at doing that, and you know they've they've put up certain clips today on their on their Facebook page and trying to get that in front of people. So they've still got a long way to go. They still have got a long way to go. But if you compare it to what the the governing body are doing, there's nothing. There's virtually nothing on their page anymore. You know, we don't live in a society where you can kind of go right. Well, you know. Our, um, our digital marketing people, they're going to work Monday to Friday, nine to five. You just don't work in that world anymore because you're the biggest day of the week for this competition is Saturday, you know, to a certain extent Friday night, but then certainly Saturday and Sunday is the time to get that product in front of people. 
And if the official Facebook pages and Twitter feed are only just putting up score updates on there, it's just not enough. You know, the way I know this from, from kind of my day job, but the way that uh, that online and specifically mobile is going is it's more and more video. That's what people are looking for. At least they're being consistent. Consistently poor. But, that's it, um, though, isn't it? That's the only thing you can say about it. That's it? it, and you know, like even even just the website. You know, like I say, there's there's highlights clips up on there from the day before. Again, heaven forbid they could get someone in on a Sunday or get someone remotely to 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 upload these things. But each highlight clip is t- you know is two minutes thirty of um of yeah highlights of, of individual games. Now the first 30 seconds of each of these is the usual pre-match waffle that you get on the TV. So it's you know it's it's Miles Harrison talking about how oh, yeah, what a great place to watch rugby bath is, blah 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 blah. I was like, it's only two minutes thirty, you've got up there. Don't waste 30 seconds setting the scene. Quite a few times, yeah. Huh? <laughs> I love listening to that whole yeah. game, yeah. But it's it's, it's so bizarre. Get to, get to the if you're only going to put two minutes thirty in front of people when attention spans are generally a fair bit shorter, make it the two minutes thirty that matter within the game, not thirty seconds of pre-match amble. Yeah, what would what would you do then if you had the if you were making the decisions in terms of what was aired? Would you air? Would you? How would you go about it? Right. If getting if, social, if, if it was absolutely, you know, there'd be a lot of things that I'd do differently. One, um, to start with TV. I would have a featured game that is on free-to-air television every weekend. So that could be the first game of the weekend, or it could be the first Saturday game, whatever it is. A, a featured game that lives on BBC, ITV are doing a lot of rugby coverage at the moment, even cha- you know, Channel 5 are, are doing that. But stick it somewhere that is readily available to anyone, so they're able to see that uh, that one game. Now... That's not just that's not just giving it away because again that's another way of putting your product in the shop window. You're saying right here's you know and if it's a cracker, then you're going wow that's brilliant. Where else can I get? Where else can I see the other game in that pool stage? Say ah oh, right it's on BT or it's on Sky, it's on wherever. You're putting that product uh, that product in front of people. There's not even the highlights program that's free to air on television these days. So that's the first thing I changed. You'd almost want it to be a a, a, a good game then as opposed to a, a bit of a well you would but. Um, at the same time, I don't think you know. You, yeah, you, you never know what the, the standard's going to yeah. be. The whole point of cutting down the number of teams in there is to make it more competitive. Blah blah blah. So, likely it is. It would be a game like a letter, like a lesser game, wouldn't it? But you, you know, if you if they if they picked if they picked a, a big on paper, what was a big game then, and it lives up to it again, that could be massive for them. Couldn't but it? in because the pool stages, all, there's there's loads of big games yeah. in there. You know, if you were to put on. You know, even today was the, the Northampton Saracens game, and that was a you know that actually this kind of defies our points. It was a Sunday game, but nonetheless, a fixture like that, there's loads of tries in there. Even though you knew what the result was going to be before uh, before the game kicked off, generally because Saracens have, have been you know looking there their what's the word their most terrifying best. They destroyed the Saints at the start of the season anyway, and that's exactly what happened today. But nonetheless, if that game was on terrestrial television. There would be some people to have seen it and to, um, you know, to have experienced that. You know, they, again, you'll have seen Liam Williams grab a couple of tries, or you'll have seen something that's that's going to spark a spark a reaction in you. So that that would definitely be one thing I, I would change. Secondly, as we said, I put a lot more emphasis and make it easy to find these uh, these social media clips as they're happening. There's a big, you know, big thing happens during the game. Oh, red card! Look, here's what's happened. You need a social producer in that ground. 
taking that clip, putting it out on social straight away. Was this a red? Yes or no? This has just happened. People engaging with it. And again, without getting too technical, Facebook doesn't just, if you post something on Facebook, if you're a, you know, a, a brand or a, a broadcaster, it doesn't just go in front of your whole audience. Facebook decides how much, how much of that content is seen by your audience. So if you put something up that, that's really engaging, they put it in front of more people. So again, if you're doing that, people are going, God, it's all kicking off in the, it's all kicking off in the, in the Scarlet's game. There's been a red card. This is happened. Oh God, yeah, you know. And you, again, you're just putting your product in front of people. So if you've got BT, then people are going to switch on and go, God, yeah, yeah, here's what's happening. Or if you haven't, you know, God, it sounds like I missed another cracking game on there. So that's the other thing that I would, I would look to address. Um, likewise, you know, who really goes to websites to look at video clips today? I did it today out of necessity, and there's bugger all there. But if you've got, where, where do they go to watch video? If I said, Dan, you know, and this is you, not the most media savvy of people oh, yeah, in the world. Don't, don't right? ask me. But if you were going to go <laughs> somewhere online to watch a video clip, what would be the first thing that springs to mind? YouTube. Yeah, exactly. That's where you go to watch, that's where you go to watch video content, right? And that's where a lot of young people are, are hanging out. So if you've got, if you've got um, highlights on there or a, a highlights package that's specifically designed with that platform in mind, so not a load of people sat around in a TV studio, but short, sharp to the point. Um, then actually, I think you, you know, you've you've got another way of growing an audience on there. They're going, God, oh, look at all these big hits. You know, look at all these big hits. Oh, that's what I want to get into. Or you know, look at this. Look at this guy. He's so quick. That's that's who I want to be. And that's the thing that's just being neglected. And honestly, I, I worry for I worry for the sport when that's what's happening. So you you would say then it's it's laziness then as opposed to being deliberate, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's laziness and not being in touch with the, not being in touch with the the media landscape that we're working in now. You know, the the goalposts have moved. Things have changed a lot. People aren't reading as much print. They're not watching as much TV. That's diversifying across the board, but particularly with the young generation. And it's fine for it's fine for football. You know, for Premier League football to all be behind a paywall. That's not a problem because the sport's massive. Um, they're they're not going to worry about participation. But even then, even with something as popular as Premier League football, uh, it's about sixteen percent year on year the, the viewership was down. That just goes to that just goes to show you that that it's a surprise surprise for that. But that's it, you know. Is they've maxed out BT and Sky being head to head in football for whatever it is now five years, and the price has got driven up and up and up. And it's the punter who gets shafted by it because it gets more expensive because you can't afford to shell out every month when you're in the middle of really uncertain financial times and. You know, when that goes, people aren't people aren't watching as much of it anymore. And rugby's gone down that rip. They've seen what's happening in football. And yeah, that's our that's our chance to get a big slice of that, a big slice of that money. And there's not the there's not that same amount of money there. And there will come a tipping point when actually you, you might well be putting the sport in danger. So there's no you, 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 there's no parallels then between European rugby and European football. Well, actually, funny enough, I think if you a very similar thing happened, whatever it was, two, three, yeah, probably two, three football seasons ago. BT acquired the rights for Champions League football, completely soulless. Um, again, thinking, right, well, you know, everyone, we've seen the success of Premier League football, you know, everyone buys subscriptions based on that. Champions League is only going to strengthen our offering. And the result has been really damaging for the tournament in this country because you don't have... Like again, take like take just use the football example. Still, I'm a a 32 year old Welsh Charlton Athletic fan, right? But 
There's not a lot of those. <laughs> there's not a lot of those. <laughs> but if there's a game on, you know, on ITV, um, and it's you know it's it's Man United versus Barcelona or something, I'm like, God, you know what? Actually, that might be a good game. I'll, I'll watch that. And because it's there, it's easy and it's it's available to everyone. Now, am I going to go out and get BT off the back of it? Of course, I'm not. I'm not going to go out there and do that. And there's a lot of people who, if you don't support one of those four English sides who are in the Champions League, you're not going to do. You know, if you're a if you're a fan of um, you know West Bromwich Albion, you might buy BT for the subscription for the Premier League thing. But that doesn't mean you're going to sit down and watch, uh, you know, and watch uh, Arsenal versus bloody whoever, CSKA Moscow, whoever it might be. You're not going to necessarily sit down and do that. And they've really damaged it because it's, it, do you know what? It's just not that easy to get BT. It's behind it. You know, Sky has got established 20-year heritage of, of, uh, of broadcasting sports and it changed the landscape and it did that. They've got problems of their own, right? They really do. And BT coming in and just muscling and muscling and muscling, it, it's had a massive negative effect on, um, on the viewing figures of the, of the Champions League uh, in this country. And again, that's damaging again for the for the tournament itself. So I do worry about rugby going through that because let's be honest, we're not a sport that's as popular as football. Mm-hmm. And I'm particularly worried when it comes to when it comes to rugby in Wales, because you know football is bit, you know the, the national side having that run at the Euros. You know, personally, I think it's fantastic because I just think the more you can get kids into Welsh you know, Welsh kids into sport of any kind, that's great. And I also don't think the two are mutually exclusive. But there is, you know, when it comes to club club football versus, you know, club rugby, mm. there's there's limitations on time. So you've got to do as much as you can to get kids out playing rugby. We know there's a participation problem in Wales. And I don't think things like this are helping. Let's bring this on to the Pro 14 then. Um, you've got any uh, worry there at all as well? Definitely. So at the start of the season, Martin and I were saying that there's, you know, there's potential uh, for the next TV deal to go all behind the paywall, and I get it, right? I get it because they need the money that that, that brings. So again, if if a broadcaster, probably more than likely BT, comes in and makes a big bid, then uh, then you know chances are they might well they might well go and do it rather than having the coverage split between BBC Wales and. BBC Northern Ireland and Sky Sports, etc. Now, again, that should be, you know, that should make it, that should make it a bit easier. But I just worry about putting, you know, again, we've we've struggled to make that product uh, particularly sexy for a number of years. And if you're burying it behind a paywall, is any, you know, you and me, would that be enough for me to get a BT subscription? Yes, it would be. Right? Would it be enough for you? Yes, it probably would be. You probably cancel your Sky one instead. Yeah, there you go. That's all they care about. They've done their job. Now, for Pro 14 and for the clubs in Wales, the problem is, is you're more kind of, um, you're less kind of hardcore fan, mightn't do that. And if they don't do it, then they're going to go out and do something else, watch something else in an increasingly fragmented media landscape that we live in. You're actually... um, you're actually going to be losing out on on the people who are going to be going and going ahead and playing that game. They're not going to be short of choices either, are they? So no, it's going to be so easy to. It's now easy more more than ever, isn't it? So you can switch over to uh, to another sport and get in, and get engaged very very quickly. Take for example uh, UFC, right? So ten years ago, Ultimate Fighting Championship, it was a complete minority sport. 
you know it was something that was was kind of known about you know it was bigger in the states than it was over here and look at it now right and that's grown because the people who are in charge of that understand how to drum up interest and again it's not my cup of tea i don't you know it's, it's it's not done anything for me but it's you can't argue that it's a that it's a hugely popular entity now and again but again they know the playing field that they're that they're working in they know that the, the power of of the kind of uh the way to reach people through digital channels rather than just going all oh, right yeah cool let's bury this on sky sports nine it's uh you know times are changing a lot and if rugby doesn't start sharpening up then they're gonna they're gonna fall behind it's so surprising isn't it that they haven't really sort of got behind it because it's massive isn't it it's huge in every in everything now i don't think it is surprising because you know i think if you look at the people who are high up in the spot you know they're they're miles apart from the people who are going to be actually you know that you're actually going to want to get into the sport you know i, I think they're they're yeah, but there must be advisors, or they must be able to see that you know, they must be you know thinking what can we what can we do to sort of engage you know to get more people involved, and that's the most obvious thing, isn't it? I don't think you need you don't need to be a genius at all, do you, to think we've got to we, you know that's where we can get more people looking, more people seeing our product. It's just it baffles, isn't it? Really? It, it does, and it, you know. So what started as me just being a bit annoyed because uh, I haven't got. The level of uh, the level of TV that I I once had before, honestly, it just it just the th- the thoughts just kept snowballing, and you just you just think right, you know, the world has changed so much in the last five ten years that I worry for I worry for the sport, and I worry for you know particularly for this competition. You know, we all we've all grown up with amazing kind of memories of the of the Heineken Cup and and the the Champions Cup as it is now, but you worry about it now that it's going to slide into the dominance of the of the two big powers in in France and England and that coupled with you know what I think is a, a governing body that's behind the times when it comes to uh, when it comes to media coverage I think they're behind the times when it comes to how to best commercialize your your offering you know you've only got to look at the fact they went okay right well, we're gonna have five sponsors instead of one headline sponsor and they haven't got that yeah, that's a shame. That's a mess, isn't it? Six nations are in a similar position now as well, where it looks like they're set to lose five million pound a year off, off what they had before. These sponsorships, I mean, are in a right old mess, aren't they? Yeah. The European, the European tournaments, though. Do you think it's, it's becoming less appealing? To just generally, just, ge- just generally, yeah. It just feels as I don't know. To me, it kind of feels like it hasn't got the same, the same buzz, the same zip, the same appeal that it did have. You know, going back, you know, going back maybe five years, um, you know, certainly beyond that, it was a real excitement. I, I, it doesn't, it's not there now. Yeah, I feel this. I, I feel the same about that. But again, I don't know whether it, that's. It could be linked to this very topic. I think it is linked to it. You know, if you can't see it, how can you get excited about there's it? There's more distract. There's more distractions now than there ever was, and whether it be broadcasters, publishers, websites. They're all out there, desperate for the same, you know, for the same eyeballs. That's what they need, you know. And what that means is that you're not able to dedicate um, to de- dedicate the time to things that you once were. And I, I think that the failure, the failure to, to kind of adapt and to modernise with with the way that media has changed, I, I think that definitely has, you know, has something to do with the fact that there isn't necessarily this um, the same amount of hype amongst 
a broader audience. Mm. You know, I think again, it's still amongst rugby rugby diehards. I think that's it's different. And you know, if you were to ask Scarlet fans today, or you were to ask you know fans of uh, fans of Saracens, I, I'm sure you'd have a very different answer. But the reality is, when it comes to growing a sport, they're not the people that actually do it. Now, I've got you know nothing but respect for people who go and watch their club week in week out. I, you know, that's the love that core support. That's everything that that is good about the game. But the reality is, is when you look at it in terms of money and participation, you need more than that in order to succeed. And that's where I feel they're, they're falling down. So rugby's got to wake up then, take the boxing gloves off, I think, bare knuckle. And... I think European rugby does. Um, I think that, yeah, I, I would be very concerned if I, were the pro, if I were the Pro 12. I think you've got to think very, very carefully before you, before you just... Um, sign up with one I don't know you know for Pro 12 maybe it would work maybe it would make it easier rather than going oh is this game on BBC Alba yeah. or is it you know where where am I going to be able to find it but you do risk the fact that you're you're putting it on a on a pay TV channel it's challenging isn't it because they're being pulled from pillar to post in terms of like we need that revenue to to keep things going and what do we do they must think ultimately they're not too sure exactly they probably don't want to go down a certain route themselves but they're you know their hands are kind of tied aren't they so it's well, yeah, it's this. It's the same tournament that we've seen two South African sides parachuted in at a couple of months' notice, just because it. Well, not just because, but because it brought extra revenue, like extra needed revenue with it. So, look, I understand it, I get it, but it might be damaging for the game in the long term. It, it's you know, it, it's difficult. It is a really difficult one for them, but um, yeah, it's I don't know. It, it's just something that's really kind of obviously. Got under my skin and rolled me up a bit this weekend. You're feeling a bit better now after getting mm. that out? I do feel a bit better. Surprisingly calmer than I thought. I tried to be calculated. I tried to be calculated. You've had a, you've had a rant with Rosie, haven't you, about, uh, about that, I reckon. That she, was soft <laughs> she said, you can't go on <laughs> and really let it run. Oh, yeah, and she listened to every, she listened to every word of it as well. There's no, nothing, that, uh, nothing that she likes to do more on a Sunday afternoon than listen to me talk about uh, talk of combining media and rugby chat. <laughs> Should we, uh, should we move this on and talk about some rugby? I think we've better that, yeah. Right. Now, uh, we've already heard about my woes this weekend when it's, come to, when it's come to watching rugby, but Dan, you've been glued to the Scarlets game this afternoon. Uh, it sounded like a cracker. As you can probably tell, I have not seen the game, so the ball is very much in, uh, in, your, in your court. Sounds like the Scarlets are disappointed not to get the win. Um, first up, should they have won the game? For me, yeah. Absolutely, should have should have won it. It was a great game. Sun was uh, sun was shining down there. Um, they came out. They're absolutely, obviously, massive side. Just bullied, bullied the Scarlets early on. Um, couldn't get a, just couldn't get hold of the game at all. And um, it was frustrating because they didn't. Toulon didn't play, you know, great rugby. They were just literally coming, you know, picking and going. Sending all the big men down, um, down the channels, and um, it basically led to a number of errors by the Scarlets, by the Scarlets, which, which then resulted in, you know, pressure and tries, tries came from it. And before they knew it, they were, you know, the game looked to be out of sight. Um, I think the Scarlets were a little bit naive in that they didn't take a, a couple of a couple of early um, penalties, yeah. which for me. When you look at Toulon, they always 
as the game goes on, they always give penalties away. They 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 do something silly, or they've got wonderfully talented players like their chap on the wing, who's an absolute menace. He's he's built like a brick, isn't he? Um, but he he does silly things from time to time, and um, they'll give away pens. So Scarlets didn't, you know, they kicked to the corner or you know, then lost line outs, and you just take the points. I think no matter how far how far behind you are, take the points. Guess get get a few, you know, build that scoreboard, and then you'll uh, you'll come into it. They didn't do that, but they um, the Scarlets in the second half were fantastic. They really played some fantastic rugby, and Toulon couldn't live with it. They couldn't get anywhere near it at all. Um, so it's definitely a game that you know Scarlets boys will be will be thinking we should have won that. Um, they really should have should have had that. I know we said this before. In fact, we said it after the Ulster game. But it does feel like when you're walking away from places like Ravenhill and, and more so you're walking away from from Toulon with a losing bonus point, kicking yourself for not winning the game, it does show how far that they've come as a side. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could see from the interview afterwards with Scott Williams, he, I mean, he's never uh, jumping for joy, is he, Scott? I think, uh, you know, even when we win the Six Nations, he probably sort of fairly calm and level-headed, but he was he was hurting that the, the, the Scarlets didn't get that win. Um, but it does show massively, doesn't it? That there was a big expectation mm. amongst amongst uh, you know was well supporters that the Scarlets would would do this. I reckon there was a fair bit of money being put on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, they um, to to come away with a with a, with a you know the losing bonus point there is is not an easy an easy thing to do. And I think they'll be they'll take that. But it could have it, it just it should have been it should have been more. Um, yeah, it just should have been more really. With that though, like you say, you know they'll take it. Is it going to be one of those bonus points that they look back on at the end of the group and go, actually, that's going to that's going to be a good bonus point? Is it something now to build on when the initial kind of hurt has gone from from not winning the game? Yeah, we'll do. You know, come come tomorrow when they're looking back at the tapes, they'll you know they'll they'll be pretty pleased. I think with that with that bonus point and it. It'll it'll prove very handy, you know, in a couple in a couple of weeks' time, especially with um, you know with Bath not picking up, you know that that bonus point win. That's that's good news. You would expect the bonus point at home to at home to Benetton, but even though they were nilled, I think both your towns have been much more competitive this season. Yeah, and I'd expect the Scarlets to put them away um, to put them away at home and, and pick up a bonus point there, but. It does make for a mouth-watering game next Friday night, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, they've got such a short turnaround as well, haven't they? Yeah. That was, it was a, a really physical game. I mean, Scarlets, at the end of the game, their defence was absolutely exceptional. McLeod had a brilliant game. He was everywhere. Um, his fitness levels are super high. Um, but all of them, all of them gave their all. They just, they wouldn't, they wouldn't give up. Um, they wouldn't give in. They were defending with, you know, almost with their lives, really. Um, and at the end, I'm not sure whether you, you know, read about this, mm. um, but there was a, an opportunity at the end where the, where the Scarlets tapped and, uh, you know, gave the ball yeah. out. Um, and then in the end, um, oh, his name's mistaken me now, um, Hadley Parks yeah. ended up putting the ball into into touch. But apparently the, the Scarlets coaching team were, were really wanted the boys to you know kick for kick for touch, get a greater field yeah, position, yeah. and then look to then look to have a go. 
but um, the message didn't get on the on the park. Um, but it just shows, doesn't it, the intent they want they they wanted to come out with that win. There's no doubt. Of, there's no doubt about it. And in the end, you know, wise head on parks just thought enough's enough. Let's boot it out, and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get out of here with a we'll get out of here with a bonus point. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, we'll see whether that is going to be whether that is going to be enough. You've mentioned there, kind of McLeod. Any other players who who stood out for you in that in that Scarlets team? Pack Pack had a brilliant game. Samson Lee was was was, was very very good. Um, Rawlins gave you know gave a gave everything. Um, Shinglo is his usual self. Um, Byrne had a had a strong game, got a couple of turnovers. Thought he's a bit unfortunate actually with a couple of turnovers, didn't quite go his way. Mm. Um, they were up to they were up to all sorts. Toulon slowing the ball down. Um, they did have one yellow. I would have, I would have given another at times to be honest. Right, key key times. You know, in, in the twenty two. Um, one occasion you saw Ken Owens going over and having a chat to the refs and ref is in the twenty two and he said, Yeah, I've clocked it and you know Nothing happened. Nothing you know, nothing came and they they would they would they know that, you know, they'll give they they'll happily give a penalty away there because it's stopping stopping seven points, isn't it, as opposed to as opposed to three. Um but the pack were good, the the against you know, scrummaging up front against those brutes is not it's not <laughs> easy. And technically the Scarlet's pack were really, really good at scrum time. Just moving the moving the scrum around to give the backs a bit more time. Um, well, that's one thing I have read about that was the performance of Win Jones, and yeah, I think particularly as you mentioned there at, at scrum time, that's going to be uh, that's going to be an interesting call for for Gatlin when it comes to the autumn internationals. You think he's got a chance of getting in there? I do. Yeah, he's he's been playing very well, hasn't he? Um, yeah, he had a great game of scrum time, and also around the park as well. He had some little. He, he's got a. He's got quite a quite a good knack of just sort of, just throwing the the on you know, the, the tacklers um, off a little bit by. It's not it's not a sidestep, but it's a little sort of it's a little sort of body twitch then that just takes him and he may, means that he makes those extra extra few yards he's got nice hands as well so yeah he, he's, he's in with a very very good shout he seems to be getting better and, you know better and better um, Elias was you know had a, had a good strong game he was a huge man isn't he um, he was up for it um, then Ken obviously came on and added a lot um, uh, who was Steph Evans um, he wasn't you know he wasn't sort of we didn't see huge amounts of running from him but he was trying a lot and there was one break that he made, which was which was excellent. Before he got clattered by their uh, by their Fijian winger, isn't he? He's uh, he's absolutely enormous. Um, there was a couple of couple of points I thought that the Scarlets could have um, with with the with the two long two centres being so huge. I thought that we we didn't use the um, the dink over the top. It's we now as well, is it? It's we absolutely. Yeah, it's we now. Um, it's it's we on a weekend when. There's Welsh sides playing. There's Welsh sides playing in Europe away at Toulon anyway. <laughs> yeah, the, the the dink over the top wasn't used because if you turn those two boys, yeah, they don't like going backwards. Um, they fight a particular Bastro, you know, he, he, he's fine going forwards, isn't he? And I thought that Patchell didn't utilise that. He put a he put a beautiful cross kick in for McNichol, who did superbly mm. well to, um, you know, to pick up the bounce and. Uh, uh, I almost wanted him to sort of just give give Ashton a little rub of the head, you know, as he put it down because he's such an annoying player, isn't he? Um, but I thought that was a missed missed opportunity there, and the kick chases were slow. Um, we Scarlets kicked quite a lot, particularly early on. So Patchell was was kicking, 
Um, nine was kicking as well, Ali, and there was no kick chase at all. And given, you know, given those boys, um, if you give them time, they do tend to make the right decisions. But if you put them under pressure, they tend to make errors. Um, I always find there's there's room outside Bastero as well. There's always room on the outside shoulder because he's he's not a, not the quickest off the mark. Yeah, you know, obviously he's a handful if you run straight at him, but. If you show that bit of guile, which we know the Scarlets have got in their backs, I think you can always find a bit of room outside him. Yeah, which which wasn't used, and I also expected the uh, uh, I say our in Scott Williams and Jonathan to and the Scarlets sort of back like Stephen to have had a a couple of moves that would have just moved those two centres mm. around a little bit because as you said with Bastro, if you if you if you shift him over, say 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 they're in open play, if you shift him over to the left and fix him. And then somebody comes on a, on a tight angle, almost like they're running together um, through the gap. He, he can't; he's unable to turn on on, particularly on the inside. And you could sort of see that with Halfpenny, where the try came. It was a beautiful pass by Scott Williams um, out to Halfpenny, and Halfpenny just all, all he did was just was, was straighten up, and Bastard was left, you know, left um, clutching thin air, and a few little bits that. That I think were missed missed opportunities, and then the 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 kick into um, the actual high balls up against their wingers, um, they they can often sort of knock the ball on. So there was a few bits that weren't that weren't utilised, but all in all, a cracking game, and um, you know Scarlets will be will be pretty pleased come tomorrow. I think they got out of there with a point. Let's have a look at the Ospreys now. So. They were in action today in what's been a horrible start to the season for them. A huge amount of criticism for Tandy and the coaching staff down there. And they had a real chance of winning this game uh, at one point. You know, kind of made that comeback and had a real chance to had a real chance to, to get a win at home to a, to a Clement O'Verne side. Came away with a with a losing bonus point in the end. Do you think that's gonna take the pressure off Steve Tandy a bit, Dan? No. Still, still a loss, isn't it? So for me, the Ospreys—it's only going to be wins that that, that take the uh, the pressure off him because the the supporters are absolutely livid, aren't they? Um, they're not going to let. They're not going to let. I don't think performance is going to cut it. Mm. They just—it's got—it's got to be wins. And then you come into it. If there's a win, then they're going to. And it's and it's not. It's not particularly convincing. They're going to look at performance. So he almost needs a big win and. A, and playing in a great style, which is that going to happen? Well, yeah, that's the that is the big question, and I think you have to keep it focused on the Champions Cup for a minute. You look at the group that they're in with Saris and Saints. It's a hell of a group. It is, and you just wonder. Well, you don't really wonder. You look at it and go, well, a losing bonus point, even at home to Clement, there's no disgrace in that. But you just look at it and think, well, is that actually going to be enough? Yes, it's. I think it's mission impossible to be honest for the, for the Ospreys um, with this particular group at this moment in time for them. So I would, uh, if I was Tandy, I'd, I'd almost forget about it um, and and concentrate on the concentrate on the league, which is such a difficult thing probably for them to to come up with. But mm-hmm. I just then he then he get blamed. He'll get blamed again, won't he? For well, he's, yeah, like you say, there's no shortage. There's no shortage of pressure. And next up, they go away to Saris. And if you put out a weakened side against Saris, you can get blown away. You know, they are 
look at what they've done to, to Saints today. They've got so much strength and depth. Reigning champions. They've got, you know, an arsenal of players to, to call upon. And it's it's at their gap as well. So you look at that and go, I don't think you can afford to put out a, to put out a weakened side there because you could end up 100 points down. I think anyone I, could at the moment. Yeah, I, I but I would I'd go with make that big call. You know, he's the coach. He's getting paid the big bucks. He's got to stand up and say, look, we're we're gonna we're gonna concentrate on the Pro 14 here. This is the side that's going out. It's gonna be a massively weakened side. We'll, we'll, we'll put a number of youngsters in. We'll try out some new combinations. We're just gonna we're just gonna go out there and and, and try and enjoy a bit of rugby. We're not, you know, we know we're not going to get the win, and uh, and concentrate on the Pro 14. If the Pro 14 wins, then start coming. Again, it's like with the Dragons, isn't it? You got to. I think, I think it's a different beat. scenario, Dan. I really do. I yeah. think I think you know Jackman has got a bit of credit in the bank. There's the goodwill that's kind of going on at the moment. He's kind of ingratiated himself with the rugby going public and with the media. He can kind of get away with saying, right, we're sending out a, a resi side to. To Ulster away because oh, I haven't had a chance to recruit my own squad. Steve Tanley's been there for seven years. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no way anyone's going to stand for that. Yeah, but that's what that's what you've got to do is uh, when you're in that that headline position, you've got to make those big, big calls, haven't you? And they're not going to be pop. He's not going to be popular either way at the moment. But I just think it's it's better to you know the options are Saracens loss and then the Pro 14. You know they pick up a number of injuries, heads are down. They've gone with a strengthened team. They've lost. Um, and and then they go into the Pro 14. Honestly, yeah, honestly though, I think, I think that for for if they went to Saris with a side, you know, let's say that performance, you know, that kind of scoreline that they had today, if they went up to Saris anywhere near that, if they get within ten points of Saris, I actually think that people are going to look at it and go, well, you know, do you know what, it was a bit of a better performance. Then it's on to the Dragons, which is a game you've got to be looking to win. But I, I just don't think you can send out a weak inside because you could you could end up on a cricket score. You honestly could. Look what they've done to Saints today. I, I don't think you can. I think that's even more damaging for morale. I think he's got to send out his first choice team, or as good as, um, and in the hope to, to build some to build some morale ahead of the, but the game also, they're following with. Yeah, but it also it it can also give them a clear focus in terms of he sits down with a player and says, Right, this is what this is what we're doing as a squad. We are we are not going to be taking this this tournament seriously this this year. Yeah, we're going to get some heat, but we're focusing on this game. They all know that. Then whatever happens against that in that game in Saracens happens, but they know they're focusing. They can reach it at the moment. They're going to be pulled from you know. Okay, we've got the we've got that tournament. They all the Ospreys. The Ospreys are in such disarray at the moment. They don't know whether they're coming or going. They just need one focus, I think. And for me, it'd be on the Pro 14 and winning that game. I think their one focus just has to be that game in front of them every week with their squad. They can't. I don't think there's the excuse of. That you that you've got at the Dragons, I think with their squad, they've got to go there and try and put in a performance that will build a bit of confidence. If they went there and snuck a losing bonus point off the Saris, then they they go into that game with um, uh, with the Dragons with a lot more confidence. You know, I remember saying something similar. It wasn't quite as dire last season for for the Scarlets, but they didn't have a particularly convincing start to the season. And we've mentioned this numerous times, but they had similar light. In fact, they had to go to Saris and. The kind of performance that they put in there, even though they weren't yeah. that close on the scoreline, was Great. almost a bit of a catalyst to 
to kick on and do something. I, I whereas I think if you go to if you go to Sarries and come away with a 50, 60 point defeat, you're then going into the Dragons game, adding a load more pressure to yourself. And you know, and Dragons generally are spirits are high there at the moment. I'm not saying we're there yet as a side, but at least uh, you know, there's a lot of optimism around there. That's the that's the game that if if that's a loss, then he's I think he's gone. Um it's 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 all down to that game, and that's why I would just have it as the absolute focus and just literally media lockdown almost almost just make it very, very different. Media lockdown. This game is absolutely everything. Get Alan Wynne Jones at the heart of it and and, and and go from there. I wouldn't fe- I wouldn't feature him against uh, against the Saracens either. That's what I would do. It's a massive call, huge call. We're obviously in different camps. I think this. we are in different camps on this, but Wonder what, wonder what the Ospreys, you know, what the Ospreys fans would, you know, what what, what they would want to see and do would be interesting to hear, wouldn't it? It would, and yeah, do let us know on there if you're Ospreys fans listening. And you know, we know there's been a lot of criticism for Tandy, but love to know what you think. And uh, you can do that by getting in touch with us on Twitter at Attacking Scrum. You can do so on uh, on Facebook. Uh, I think even even we post more stuff on there than the European uh, the European Rugby Champions Cup does. Uh, so yeah, you can get in touch with us via those means and let us know what you think. A couple of people that Steve Tandy's not going to have the option of calling upon, though. This kind of more injury woes to add on top of this. So Dan Baker, who by, by all accounts had a much better performance than he's had of late, he went off injured. Reese Webb got a try and, and then went off, which is a, a big blow as well. I, I mean, how much, how much damage are those injuries going to do to, to Tandy as well? Massive. And against, against uh, a side like, like Saracens... Mm-hmm. You could you could easily say there'd probably be another two, another two or three. They've got massive worries in the centre already, haven't they? If they put out, you know, they pick up an injury there again, they're down to bare bare bones. They need to they need to make make he needs to make that big call. But yeah, those are those are two. That'd be two huge losses, won't they? If um, if they're serious injuries. Well, definitely, and I think everyone in are they looking you know, bad. Yeah, well, I don't think either looks particularly good when uh, when they when they went off. And you always just fear with Webby in particular because he's had such a bad run of yeah. such a bad run of injuries, and you know, likewise, you know, I can't see I can't see Baker featuring for Wales, but Reese Webb, you know, that's that's going to be a that's going to be a, that's always a big blow when you you know when you lose him. You know, I, I tweeted this week. I can't believe he's only got twenty eight caps for Wales, which seems mad to me because he feels like such a pivotal player to them. But that's largely down to the fact that he's, yeah, it does feel like that, doesn't it? If he plays like that. But he's, he's someone who's had, as well as the injury problems, he was a bit of a late developer, and you know he, he shed a lot, he shed a, that bit of weight, and became a, a, a bit quicker, and his game developed, you know, when he was around that kind of twenty three mark. So, that's a massive blow for the Osprey man for Wales if if he's gone, because he's you know any side with Reese Webb in is is a better side as far as I'm concerned. What what nine would would you bring in if you were in the Osprey setup? To, uh, to recruit next yeah, year. To, yeah, to recruit. yeah, really good question. To this one. Uh, do you know who I'd be looking at? I'd be going all out for. And Cardiff Blues fans won't like me for saying this because they've got enough vultures circling around their squad. But if I was in Tandy's position, I'd be going hell for leather after Thomas Williams. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can't uh, see the Blues letting him go. My, well, it depends on a number of factors, though, doesn't it? You know, he's not. Um, He's not necessarily. I know he featured this weekend, but he's not necessarily first choice uh, at the Blues. Still doesn't know his coach is going to be for next season. 
Uh, I think the Ospreys, for all their woes, are in better financial state than the Blues are. And I'd be saying to him, and you know, and again, obviously, if I was coaching rather than Tandy, with Ospreys being better Nick anyway. So, uh, you know, given my a huge amount of coaching experience, uh, keep an eye on your phone. <laughs> So yeah, I'd be I'd be going after him actually. I think he'd be exactly you know if you're looking to move your style of play on, which they're going to have to do. Um, I think he's exactly the kind of player who would give you um, give you some real impetus. And you know, I, I actually don't I don't think he's dissimilar to Weber. I think he's a younger version of Weber. You know, he's good sniping around the fringes. His service generally is pretty decent, and that's that's an area you can you can definitely work on. Yeah. And but he's got that kind of raw pace that. That I think scares defences and keeps them honest. So that would be my choice. Um, there's some, there's some, there's some options around there. You know, you can't. It's hard replacing Reese Webb because he's world class in my eyes. It is. Yeah, he's what he does. He's probably irreplaceable, really, isn't he? You're just going to be getting somebody slightly different. With and with Haberfield there, who's a, who's a, I'm a. I really like Tom Haberfield. To be fair, yeah, well, I, I do. Um, um, you need he would he would offer something different. What about anybody from from the Dragons? But yeah, get hands off. And no, there's no that's the scenario we really need to recruit. To be honest, you know, I think Sarah Pretorius has been there a few years, done a good job. Then you're into, you know, Charlie Davis has, again has done a job. But I think a, a real class nine is is something we could probably use at the Dragons. And you know, then you've got a, a lot of youngsters. You've got Owen young Leonard and uh, and those and those kind of players in there. And I think you need. Uh, I think I think that's an area that we could really. It's such a key position. The young the chap is on loan from the. Uh... The blues, he's gone back now. Blacker, yeah, yeah he's gone back. He's, he's a um, good boy, isn't he? Yeah, he has, but yeah, obviously, yeah, he's round for a couple of okay. games and then has, has yeah. gone. But, um, quite a lot of talk about, um, the Ospreys looking at Alid, Alid Davis. Yeah, I can kind of see. Well, there's, there's three really class nines at, um, yeah. uh, at the Scarlets, and I think you know, obviously, Gareth Davis has rediscovered some of his better form this season, and you know, he's, he's getting on the, the tri sheet, the tri sheet. Quite the try sheet is that a thing? <laughs> the, the score sheet, even <laughs> uh, he's yeah he's getting quite a few, he's getting quite a few tries this season, which you know is is his natural game. So I think he's shown some really good signs, and um, you know I think he's kind of back to being number one down there. Alan Davis, uh, I think he'd be he'd be a, he'd be a shrewd recruit. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he'd necessarily be my. I personally, I'd go for I'd go for Thomas Williams, someone who's just. I think he's that bit more speed, raw you know. pace that I'd go for. Um, to go back to the Dragons, if I was recruiting there, you know exactly what I'd be after. And he's John. played for them before and I'd be after John. Send him back to Dragons? Definitely, yeah. I'd be after him. Well, he's a local boy, isn't there'd, he be a lo- there'd be a load of, load of players who have played for the Dragons I'd be I'd be desperate to, be to bring t- back. I'd be quite tempted to... Uh... To go to, to go back, maybe maybe uh, next, you know, next, if, you know if things season. if things are building, you know, and he'd come back as I think he'd come back as number one, you know. Uh, but that depends, you know. If if Alan Davis does go to the Ospreys, then you know, because things it's not as straightforward as just being first and second choice. You play so much rugby throughout the season that you know, especially with Gareth, Gareth Davis would be in the Wales squad presumably at, at points throughout that time. So you'd be switching between the two. He'd be getting a lot of rugby. But if Alan Davis does stick around at the Scarlets, then I, you know, if providing they can find the right amount, you know, the right amount of money, I think I think John Williams would be a really shrewd recruitment for uh, um, for them. What triggered that though was the injury news to Reese Webb, and I want to kind of build on a bit more injury news that we've that we've had this weekend. So George North has gone off with a knee injury, which at first glance seems to be pretty nasty. Obviously, we'll see how that kind of pans out. But if he does miss the uh, miss the autumn internationals, anyone you think that comes into the equation? 
Steph, Steph Evans. I mean, Steph Evans is in the squad anyway, isn't he? Surely. I can't, you well, know. well, we would have... <laughs> I, I don't know whether we can say that, can we? Um, so... I, I was working on the basis that Steph Evans would be in that squad. I, I'd be... Yeah. I'd be absolutely amazed if he isn't now. I mean, he's been consistently great, isn't he? Mm. Week in, week out. Um, you need Liam. Should be probably be Liam. Um, I'm Steph, yeah. And... Uh, and half penny, yeah. Half penny at fullback, probably, and then Liam on the wing. Okay, what about what about the squad though? Because again, it's going to free up a it's going to free up a position, isn't it? Because you know North would be in that squad if he's if he's fit. Yeah, we've got well, there's a lot of a lot of lot of good wingers, aren't there mm. at the moment at the moment for us? I mean, the you know the Dragons, the Dragons boy, you know Hewitt's top boy, isn't he? Playing well, Amos can he do a job on the wing at, at international level? Um, I think they, the the coaching staff of Wales seem to have a question mark over his out and that pace. I think, which is why they kind of tend to see him as a fullback. But he offers that that ability to cover fifteen and the wing. And, and his skill set, so his skill set's great, and his hands and his kicking game and yeah. everything about him. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of a big fan of Halloway Moss. I, I think I think Ashton Hewitt they 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 would have a look at. Um, I think he's worth. He's worth having a look at, isn't he? Really is. Yeah, I think I think I've said this a couple of times, but his defensive game has has come on a fair amount. Yeah. You know, and you see him, he's stripping the ball, and he's over the top yeah. now. And um, you've seen a lot of people talking about his overall game. Yeah. Before people, oh, he's quick. Yeah. And then I know that you commented on it a couple of years back. He's not just quick. He's got a lot of other bits to his to his game, which you know is evident now. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, he's, I think he's definitely um, he's definitely maturing into a into a better all round player now. So I, I, you know. I think he he could if he stays injury free yeah. again. He's got this horrible knack of getting injured at the at the yeah. wrong time. So I would like to, and I think they'd like to have a look at him uh, a bit closer up because again, you know, I think anyone who's got that out and out gas, you're going to be tempted to have a look because it is just you know at international level you, you do need some you do need some. Wheels. Quite often lack that that killer instinct on, on the pace, and there's mm. no there's no substitute for pace, and we often we've often been missing that, haven't we? Cuthbert's been, you he's know, playing been, a lot better, isn't he? Playing well, yeah. He's getting. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the squad. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the squad again. For me, I would let him concentrate on on club rugby for the time being. But I would not be surprised to see him come. I think particularly with North, uh, you know, North stature. Cuthbert is, you know, is a similar um, is a similar build and you know gets through gets through a fair amount of work in terms of his. Uh, What's the, I'm put it, you know, just the, the the grunt and the ball carrying and, and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised. He wouldn't be, you know, he wouldn't be my choice. Um, I I'd treat this as an opportunity to look at some to look at yeah. some new players. But Ruin Williams, yeah, Ruin Williams has has played really well. He looks like a class act to me. I think he, I mean, he looks like a proper fifteen as far as I'm concerned. I think he's he makes good yeah, line breaks. He's good under the high ball. He's got a big big left peg on him. Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of his actually. Um, another player, while in fact while we're kind of talking about ex dragons as well, having chatted about Jonathan Evans, you probably see where I'm going with this. I but yeah. Ali Brew uh, managed to grab <laughs> managed to grab a try, and he had a he had a pretty all round uh, impressive game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, great try, but an even better tackle that he uh, he stopped a, a certain try. Outstanding. Um, what do you reckon he could be in with a I don't think I don't think he's I don't think he's in with a shout, but again, he'd be another player I'd be I'd love to bring back to Rodney, and 
I don't know. I mean, Bath do not pick mugs generally. You know what I mean? They've got a lot of money to recruit, and and obviously there's the the salary cap and things like that. But you know, they brought him on on a short term trial, and you know he's, he's done a really solid, fantastic job for them. He played in the centre, he's played in the wing. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be giving up on Alan Brew just yet. But I, I think it would be a, a very I think it'd be a bit of a shock if he was to make it into the Wales squad. What about you? Yeah, I can't see him making the uh, making the Welsh squad, but um, he, um, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to be able to have a little chat about him, isn't it? Um, after after his performances, and he's yeah, Bath have done wonders for him, haven't they? Or yeah. he's done wonders for them. Which yeah, well, way, exactly. Yeah, way, it's, it's been a great shot in the arm for his for his career, and um, you know, as I say, it'd be great if he could carry that on there, carry that on, and come back to Rodney next season. Let's have a look at the Blues now, and a lot of changes for the Cardiff Blues for them and, and for uh, and for both teams. But a bonus point win for the Cardiff Blues, the only Welsh side to to get a win this weekend. I suppose building on from that, how seriously would you take the the Parker Pen Shield if you were if you were Danny Wilson? I'd have a good look at this if I was um, yeah if I was Danny because the Blues have got. They've got quite a lot of young talent there mm. that it's certainly worth them making big changes as they have done, but but, but not writing it off. I think uh, as as players, if you if, if if you know if the coach if the players don't feel as if um, that this means a lot to the, the actual side, then it'll come across in the way they play. So he needs to just be careful with his management. Say, look, we're we're, we're, we're you know we're targeting this. We reckon we can get very very close, if not. If not win it, um, with the group that we've got. But you know, you boys here that we've selected, you're going to be the ones that are going to be doing the doing doing the bulk on this side. So there's a clear a clear message, and they know what they're doing because they've got a they've got a, a lot of a lot of a lot of good youth that um, could 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 surprise a few teams here. And that's a fantastic win. It is, and I think this this is again why I just find it frustrating that there's not that European place up for grabs. Because yeah. you should be looking at sides and saying, if they look at it and go, right, well, we've got a chance of getting out of the groups here. And if you're out of the groups, you can get a home home quarter final. Then who knows? Anything could happen. And that's the thing that you just think, right, well, you know, it's incentivised teams to do it. And if that was the case, then you'd be, you'd, you'd definitely be after it because they've not had the best start to the to the league campaign. It then means well, you've got a bit of silverware to chase, and you've got, uh, you know, and you've got the the chance to get back in the the top tier. Yeah, it's so easy, isn't it? As a you know, as a club, as a club or regional side, just to say, look, we'll, we'll just we'll just forget it. Then it just makes a, a, a kind of a mockery of the whole of the whole thing, doesn't it? It should be it should be great, but it just it, it just isn't, is it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't know. That's that's definitely something I, I find frustrating. Big game from from Garen Smith in the centre uh, for Blues, and uh, something I know we've we've covered a few times. But would you be tempted to, to mix up the centres of it? I'm still not overly yeah, sold on Halaholo and Lilo together. Uh, so I think this is, this is probably quite a good headache to, to give Danny Wilson with, with Smith putting in a good performance. Yeah, they, they're, too, they're too complicated centres, aren't they? Yeah. So for any, for any 10, they're quite difficult to play with. Um, and similarly for the, out, for the outside backs as well, the wingers and the full backs. So yeah, I, w- I really would mix it up and play, play someone like a, tr- a traditional, you know, a traditional more straight, straightforward, yeah, straight line that. runner, um, uh, and then using one of those two, and just seeing seeing how that how that goes. Obviously, they're both paid, you know, paid paid good money, aren't they? So you kind of probably feel like you have to include them. But I'd certainly look at that 
and um, yeah, but on all accounts, he's gone. He's gone very well this weekend. Right then, last of all, let's uh, let's have a look at dragons because um, my rant has taken us taken us uh, quite a long way in terms of time. So uh, I suppose this is yeah, just to show there's no bias. We're talking about the dragons last this week, which is generally this is one of the few media outlets where the dragons uh, often get talked about first rather than last. Uh, right, this <laughs> this one uh, to tie nicely back into my rant about games not being on television I listen to on Radio Newcastle if you can imagine such a thing and uh, yeah at one point though, it seems as though Newcastle are going to win win the game quite comfortably but uh, tries from Landman Hewitt and, and Howard were almost enough to, to get a win for uh, get a win for the Dragons I think as much as anything the spirit within that side is, is what's really kind of uh, encouraging me because that's the bit that, that kind of probably hasn't been there for for a couple of seasons beforehand, to be honest, and um, I suppose a similar question to you, Dan, as we said for the we said for the Blues, how seriously do you take this tournament now? If you're you know if you're Bernard Jackman, not 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 usually. You can't because the squad is the squad's so thin. I mean, it's different to the, the Blues. Have got quite a, they've got a far healthier healthier squad. A lot more players there they can pick from. Um, the Dragons just don't have that, so he's got to be very very careful. With the players that he puts out, you know, if he picks up another few, another few injuries, it's, you know, it could be, uh, it, you know, it's already going to be there already, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's curtains. So got to be really, really careful. And it's it must be very, you know, it's, just, it's super hard, isn't it, as a coach? I guess when, you know, you you you, you could probably fancy a win, maybe build up a momentum, but you can't. You don't want to risk your you don't want to risk a certain number of players. You've got to put out a team which you almost know is going to lose. It's it's really challenging, but again, you know they're paid to make these big, these, these tough, these tough decisions, aren't they? And he'll, he, he's a coach that will make them, will make them, will make them right. But yeah, as you said, but spirit, you know, good, good performance. So yeah, definitely. And you know, it's neither side's first team out there. You know, Newcastle have been going really well in the league. I'd be very surprised if this is their number one priority this season. Um, but. Uh, at the same time, it's, it's a good it's a good losing bonus point up there, uh, especially given the, the side that the Dragons put out. I think another encouraging thing, Angus O'Brien was man of the match in that. And, you know, you, I think we said before, you're going to want him to be learning from Henson. And, you know, Henson's, what, 34, 35 now. Looks to be a really shrewd recruit so far. And if he's able to impart some of that wisdom onto, <laughs> some of the on-pitch on wisdom uh, to Angus O'Brien, then, you know, you're then you're then having a, a younger player that that's really benefiting from that as well. Yeah, massively important because Henson, as we know, does tend to pick up injuries. Um, I mean, this is this is got to be his best run for a while without, yeah. without picking up a knock. And Angus O'Brien, I was just thinking about it the other day that if if he gets if he gets an injury, that will be massive and more than likely he, he is going to at some point. So Angus O'Brien needs to play, needs to get some game time in this tournament. I'd be using him. You know, all the time, um, and the, the better he plays, the better it's going to be for the for the Dragons because he's going to be called upon in well, we've key yeah. league games. And we've said there's no there's, there's been very <laughs> there's been very little impact from the bench, and that's something that Jackman's pointed out. Obviously, the injuries have had a big part to play in that. Angus O'Brien for me now has enough experience under his belt to be coming on and making a difference. We all know he's got you know he's got a talent skill set. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good kicking, and, game. Um, good kicking game, good hands. You know, he spots guys. He's not a, you know, he's a bit of a wiry ten, but 
he's definitely someone who can have an impact on a on a game in you know as it as it starts to break up. So again, he's I think having a man of the match performance is really encouraging, and you hope that now he's going to be coming off the bench in those games and and making a difference, uh, making a difference in the league, and you know maybe even starting some because Gav's not going to whether there's injuries or not, he's not going to be able to start every game. Yeah, you'd be yeah Jackman will be absolutely delighted with. Um... Angus O'Brien picking up that man of the match and you'd be really sort of doing everything you could to continue to keep his confidence up um, because I've, I've no doubt that he's going to he's going to play a, a, a big role you know moving through the season now I think you're right just bring it to bring it to a close then final thing a bit of Wales news so as I said at the top of the show the AGM was held uh, on Sunday which is today as we record it and uh, it's quite a lot of news has, has come out of that so unfortunately we haven't got a Time to cover everything, but um, yeah. Firstly, the streamlining of the of the Welsh Rugby Union. So the board set to be, or you know, the proposal is to to cut it from twenty uh, twenty representatives down to eight to twelve, which you know is a is quite a um, quite a contentious issue, really. Secondly, uh, a fair amount Gareth Davis said about uh, the challenging financial conditions in rugby. You know, we touched on some of these already tonight, um, but yeah, sponsorship and Brexit, among among other things. Um, probably haven't got time to go into both of those tonight, but one thing I did want to get your your take on, Dan, is um, Gareth Davis also confirmed that there's three candidates on the list to succeed Warren Gatland as Wales head coach when he when he leaves. Uh, any thoughts as to you, who you think is uh, is making up that three? Yeah, I mean, one name instantly springs to mind, and that's uh, Dai Young, isn't it? Um, so he'd be he'd be somebody that I'm sure the uh, the WIU would be would be very interested in having a yeah. having a conversation with. Um, anybody else that you're? <laughs> I wonder. You know, I think there's going to be a varying price range on these people as well, isn't there? I think they're going to have to look at a few different options. They're going to go right. Do we try and um, you know do we try and keep it local with someone we know and and keep the price down? I think that might be a for that reason. I think Hayley might be on it. We we won't expand on that too much because I think my thoughts are pretty um, are pretty well documented on um, on him as head coach. I agree. I think um, I think Dai Young will be on that list also. And then. I wonder, I half wonder whether there might be a real do we break the bank and try and go and get Steve Hansen. Really? Well, I just want to, you know, he's, he's going to be out of contract himself in 2019. He's not going to sign another contract with, with the All Blacks. He knows Welsh rugby. You know, I, I think he, by all accounts, enjoyed his time here, despite being kind of, you know, a challenging time as, as head coach of Wales, but saw them, you know, at kind of their lowest ebb. Um, you know, one of our lowest ebbs, kind of losing to Italy, and then also went through that kind of resurgence that that happened during the 2003 World Cup and thereafter. So I wonder whether he feels like there's a bit of unfinished business, you know, and and whether he can he can move us on. You know, I think he'll, he'll look at the player base. I think the player base is better now than it was when he was there before. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Yeah, definitely. And I I also think yeah, that'd be a a brilliant appointment if that could whether or not could whether or not there's enough money in the coffers for for something like that I don't know but then I also I also wonder whether um, whether they'd be looking at Wayne Pivot again knows Welsh rugby has been doing a fantastic job at the Scarlets uh, playing some really exciting rugby and that's a criticism that 
a lot of people have leveled at, um, at Gatland's side is that they're not the most creative, flamboyant, typically kind of Welsh side to watch. So I wonder whether whether Pivac might be on there as well. So that's we've, four I made. Yeah, well, I think whoever you appoint, you've got to give them their own backroom staff, haven't you? Yeah. I think, I think you have to. I don't think you can impose someone on it. I think you've got to say, right, I'm head It doesn't really make coach. sense, is it, if you, you know, because you, you've, got to, you've got to bring your tried and trusted or, or someone that you feel you can work with. Yeah. Certain, certain coaches can't work with, with others, can they? It's just never going to work. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, and uh, I think if Pivak did come in, then undoubtedly Stephen Jones would be alongside him. I also wouldn't be surprised if Di Young was to get it to see Stephen Jones come in as a tap coach as well. Yeah, worked together at Wasps and yeah. um, and know each other pretty well. So that wouldn't surprise me either. But it's gonna be exciting to see how that how that pans out. Quick look ahead then to, to next week's games. We've already covered uh, Scarlet's um, at home to Bath Friday night. Where's your money on that one, Dan? I'm going Scarlet's on that. Yeah. Can't see uh, anything other than a a red win there. Ooh, big confidence. And yeah. I think Scarlet's will win as well. I think it's going to be a tight game though. I think that's, that could I be... I think it'll be close. I yeah. think that could be a kind of 18-16, something like that. Uh, but I think that's going to be a really interesting game as well. And both both like to play a bit of rugby. So um, Yeah, Scarlet's have got to come out of the blocks early. Make sure that, you know, to come to... To come back from, you know, 18 points down today. It's well, huge. I think the other thing that will be really encouraging is that... One of the few bits of rugby I did see was uh, was Bath versus Benetton yesterday because I happened to be around someone's house, um, and they had all kinds of problems at scrum time. Bath, they had a man pinned. They should have had a penalty try given against them. So I can't remember who. I think it was Nick Otterack. Their um, their prop was sent to the bin, and we've already said you know the, the scarlet side can scrummage. Yeah, you know whether it's yeah whether it's really Samson Lee and um, yeah whether it's Lee Owens and and, uh, and Win Jones. I think they'll fancy that. I think they'll fancy that as a really big opportunity to uh, to cause a bit of dominance up front, and we all know what the backs are capable of. Yeah, I'd, yeah they, they've got to play very sensibly next week, especially when you're looking at the turnaround time. They can't go running it from everywhere because the bodies are going to be yeah. really hurting after after the, after today's performance. So even though their their heads are going to want to play a certain, you know, their bodies aren't going to be up to it. So it's going to be a different type of coaching, I think, this week. They're only going to be able to play when you know when it's really really on. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and that'll be. Um, and they got to watch out for Underhill as well. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, we mentioned it numerous times uh, last season. What a what a kind of class yeah. act he is. But again, no shortage of class in there uh, in the Scarlets back row. No, it isn't. I just massively hope that McLeod took a couple of knocks today, and I wonder whether he was playing on because he knew that he couldn't go off. So absolutely, he's key. He's key to uh, to how they go next week. Just hope that he's uh, he'll stay injury free. He had a heavily, heavily strapped uh, leg, yeah, uh, ankle. Um, right, Saris versus Ospreys. We've kind of we've covered a bit already. I think <laughs> I a think... lot's going to come down to the team section, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens. We're on completely different wavelengths there, aren't we? Yeah. All right. Well, let's say uh, for the purposes of this, he goes down the route of selecting his strongest, his strongest side, Tandy. What do you think the score is going to be there? Twenty point difference. I can see. I was going to say fifteen. I can see something yeah. similar. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, um, which is a, uh, yeah, which is a shame. But tough, tough place to go and a hell of a side. Yeah. 
you wouldn't fancy that, would you? Right like now, if you're in their camp. No, you wouldn't. Right, uh, in the Challenge Cup then, Toulouse uh, versus Cardiff Blues on Friday night. So Toulouse got um, things underway with a with a draw of all things uh, away at Sale mm-hmm. Sharks this weekend. Blues obviously got off to a got off to a winning start. Um, as we said, you know it, it tends to tends to be a bit of a fluctuation in how seriously these these French sides uh, take it. But yeah, I mean a, a draw in that game is a great result for for the Blues to to sit pretty on top. I'm going go I'm going to go Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I fancy it. Fancy Cardiff to get a win, to get a win down, down, down south. Um, looking forward to that game, actually. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I dare say you'll have to. There'll probably be a, there'll probably be live text updates on a, um, on a website somewhere that you can follow. I don't know whether that one's whether that one's on TV or not. Again, I'm just continuing in my uh, curmudgeonly mood. Uh, I, I think uh, Blues losing bonus point there. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's still going to be a tough place to go to, and. Uh, I think yeah, I think Toulouse will be going for the win there, and then it's uh, it's time for the Dragons' annual trip to Siberia. So it's uh, it's um, I think I might say it's a oh, is it away or is it at home next weekend? Um, but yeah, it's NSA that um, that the Dragons have uh, that the Dragons have got. Obviously, they lost uh, lost to them last yeah. season, which um, yeah, you know, I, I think it, this year, as you said, Dragons are a very very different side, um, certainly in terms of belief. Than um than they were this time a year ago, so I do think it'll be um yeah, it'll and be the way they're playing. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I, I'm going to go for a Dragons win. It is uh, it is a way, um, but uh, yeah, I th- I think that's going to be a win. I'll, I'll join you on that Dragons win for sure. Good, let's hope so. And uh, yeah, that pretty much brings us to a conclusion. So as you say, yeah, it's been a, a pretty um. But yeah, I feel quite exhausted after that, Dan, if I'm honest. Tiring. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, you didn't stop going. No, I know. That's, uh, yeah, that's, um, I think I'll probably sleep a bit easier tonight than I normally do after these. But uh, yeah, let us know what you think on any of those topics that we've covered tonight. And as I say, you can do that on Twitter at Attacking Scrum. You can do it on uh, Facebook or Instagram if you prefer. And uh, yeah, if you've enjoyed the show or you just want to get in touch with us, then you can leave us a review on iTunes as well. And we will say that you know if you do that, it, it helps us out massively and uh, makes it a bit easier for for people to discover the podcast so uh, yeah if you're able to leave us a review please do that or if uh, if not just do it the old-fashioned way tell your mates right we'll speak to you next week sports social podcast network